Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Zach McCoy. Ooh. And I'm Justine. Is that what I'm supposed to do? I'm sorry. <laughs> Doing it now. It's good. And I'm Justine. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Trav, of course, as you can't tell from the voice. Yeah, we're down a grouch. But welcome back to the Oscar Worsley Podcast Thursday show, Thursdaysy, where we took a look at the oeuvre of a Oscar winner and nowhere of cinema, <laughs> cinema <laughs> Mr. Martin Scorsese. What film are we watching this week, me? We're watching The Irishman, a story of an Irish-American union driver who becomes a hitman for the mafia and his recollections on the past. Mm. Is this everyone's first time seeing this film? Absolutely not. No, for me either. Anybody remember their first time seeing it? When it dropped. I believe yeah. this one went straight to Netflix, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's what I watched. Yep. I watched me it. Too. It came out on f- that Friday. I watched it that Friday and then watched it again the next day. Wow. And haven't seen it since until <laughs> yesterday. I rewatched some of it today. <laughs> gotcha. But it's long, so yeah. I did not get it all in. <laughs> I will confess to have watching watched it in like a, almost like a mini series the first time. Mm-hmm. I watched it in three parts. <laughs> that might be a good way to watch it. To be fair, yeah, I'm really shocked they haven't done um like the Hateful Eight thing where they 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 did that split where you watch it in four mm-hmm. different. I think it's four different parts, but right doing that for this too, where you can watch it in three parts. I don't see this style of storytelling on film very much anymore either, which mm. I really enjoyed because it, you don't necessarily feel that length when it's told the way that this story is told. Similar yes. to like Forrest Gump. Right. I've got a quick little Oscar breakdown for this movie. Break it, down. it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, which including best, best Picture. Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for Pacino and Pesci, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Production Design, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, and Best Visual Effects, and it did not win any of them. Hold on. What was the last one? You said best, it, visual, visual effects? effects. Get that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Why? Who, who looked at this uh, film and... Uh, I, it, I guess break down what they mean by visual effects, because my immediate thing is going to the like the CGI kind, the de aging that. Yeah, I, would I mean, say some of it was not that noticeable. There's one scene for sure that it's very noticeable, and uh, that might ruin it for the rest of the film. But there's a lot of scenes on here that I bet most people didn't realize was de aging. Well, I'm sorry, Zach. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say that I think um, you know that is. A lot of people bring that up and, you know, there were all these videos of people um, attempting their own de-aging and some of it looked better than what they did in the movie. Um, to be fair, though, when do they do it? Two years later after the film and, you know, technology like this is right, still cutting right. edge technology that yeah. they were doing as it was being made. Yeah. Like you said, the movie's out. So now these people are using their technology that's more advanced than what was available um, I personally think just, uh, Justine, what, what, uh, scene were you going to think? I, um, I don't remember what scene is. It's, it's one scene that most people bring up though. Like, and, um, for me, it wasn't that bad. I didn't notice it. 
I mean, gotcha. I noticed. You I don't noticed notice it till it gets pointed and... out, though. Yeah. But once right. it gets pointed out, ah, oh, fuck, they ruin it. It's like, now <laughs> I can't stop noticing it. And it does kind of kill it yeah. a little bit. Yeah. The one thing I would say is if they, you know, it's hard as we get into um, iconic actors and things that have been on film so long that he's like, we know what they look like when they were younger. Mm-hmm. It's hard to recast um, people unless you're going really young. I think for the scenes yeah. where like where they first met, where we got really young Frank, maybe you could have had a different. Allegedly <laughs> really young Frank, because nothing about him screamed 23 or whatever. No, it was he, when they met. he looks 40 or so, you know, <laughs> yeah. at, at the, but what, all the middle age and older stuff, it's fine. I think like it's I, fine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that I never felt like watching a film. The actor doesn't look like he should be that young version of the other actor very often. Mm. But I notice de aging more. If that makes sense, like I know, I know when they've used de aging techniques, but I right. don't notice or think about it whenever they use a different actor. Yeah, to play right. A younger version. It doesn't bother me then. Like, but when people see de-aging, I'm actually going to bring up Top Gun Maverick here because I'm pretty sure they used de-aging techniques on Tom Cruise. They definitely film. (laughs) And I noticed it because I saw it on a big screen very much in my face. I could see you look younger than Jennifer Connelly in this scene. What? (laughs) Oh, wow. Why? Why do you look so smooth? (laughs) I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I'll, I'll (laughs) now I'll notice it. I hope so. It's shame on you, Tom. (laughs) Just age gracefully. (laughs) However, I don't feel like they use it at all on um, Harvey Cattell. Like they didn't need to, because this motherfucker old as shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good old, you know, Judas himself. Yeah. But as far as a, a movie goes, this, uh, it ticked all the the check marks for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm a sucker. As soon as I saw the cast list, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm in it. You know, Scorsese right. and Pacino together for the first time. That that's insane that it took this long. Right. I mean, and it's one of those. If you like mafia films at all, this is a movie you have to watch because yeah. it feels like such a good amalgamation of every. Right, exactly. Mafia film ever. <laughs> I mean, told mm-hmm. as if they were all one man's story. <laughs> like, it's it's good. It's a good film. I don't think that it had a chance up against some of the competition that came out in 2019. And um, that's its downfall. And you know the way you say like if you uh, like mafia movies that you need to see it. I think unfortunately it kind of pigeonholed that audience too. Like yeah. When people saw the runtime, I remember a lot of people like, oh, I'm not going to watch a three and a half hour movie. Plus, Scorsese was getting crap because of his, I think this is around the time of his MCU comments and stuff. So people were like, well, and, and also remember, probably like two years prior to this, he was, he made dispurging comments about Netflix. You know what I mean? And then yeah. two years and later, he, he signed it. a deal with Netflix. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... But yeah. you, you, you never know what's getting think, taken out of context and what, you know, somebody actually means when they say something. This movie went to Netflix for different reasons, though, didn't it? Didn't it go to Netflix? Because yeah, because Paramount it? backed out of out of out of it financially and Netflix mm-hmm. bought the rights to it and forked over the rest of the cash. But, you know, 
So it didn't go to Netflix because it wasn't going to release in theater because people weren't going to be able to see it. Well, then we're going to be able to finish the movie. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. And they put it in theaters for like, what, a week or something, Netflix? Yeah, so they, it could get ne- this is about the time Netflix started making Academy runs. So that they'll put something a week prior, limited in New York and California. Then they'll put it out on the, on the streamer, which Amazon does now as well. So, mm-hmm. which is smart. You know, I got no problem with right. a streamer putting it in. I still think it's stupid that a movie has to be in X amount of theaters for X amount of time to be considered for an Academy Award. I mean, yeah, it's I agree. Kind of- but the yeah. Academy Awards are becoming um, a little obsolete, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, I didn't some... watch this year for obvious reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah. I... Your boy watched this year and it was spicy. Was it? <laughs> uh, but one thing I was going to bring up was um, fuck, what was I going to bring up? The uh like I don't know if you call it a controversy or what about pretty much there's they they say he's a liar, you know. A mm. lot of this isn't true. You yeah. know, it's it's just I mean, cause who's gonna say that it is or isn't? You know, he has nobody mm-hmm. to say I was there and this did not happen or this guy didn't do these things. So mm-hmm. but I don't care if it's true or not, man. It makes for a great story. And oh. uh, right. Yeah, she I, I don't bother me, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> There's like a little gnat in here. And it's, uh, it's the gnat ghost. Um, yeah, I didn't even... I thought that this was always uh, a twist of reality. Like, you, they do this a lot based on a true story. I always mm-hmm. just assumed it was that. Um, I didn't realize that this was somebody's, like, telling. <laughs> yeah at all (laughs) i thought it was just like the way tarantino does reality Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah in scorsese (laughs) well then you don't know what what he said versus what they adapted for hollywood purposes you know take liberties Um, yeah how how do you feel about his performance robert de niro's performance i thought it was very good this uh some of it um he's i wouldn't say he's like on autopilot but he's just doing things to move the scenes along but i uh for some personal reasons there's a family member that um he really reminded my wife and i of in his older scenes especially like at the nursing home Mm -hmm. that just his breathing patterns and the way he was talking i mean he's an older man but he's not as old as the character but he it was like almost eerie like it made us it made my wife break down and cry and i was like getting welled up too because like we could see our family member and just like I got that too, actually. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because we have grown up with Robert De Niro on film and he is older and he's he's so real and grounded right. in his performance that he reminded me of my grandfather. And yeah, yeah. Most I think most people might feel that. Actually, yeah. and I think that that speaks to his ability to perform as human, like connect right, right. to us. Um, I thought Robert De Niro was fantastic. I feel like this was his his performance of all his performances. Just like I thought the film was about mafia films, I uh-huh. thought about Robert De Niro being this perfect. It felt like a we were watching his other performances all lined up. Gotcha. In one film. Yeah, like, right. it was. Yeah. 
it was uncanny at points to see him acting like he did in other films. Um, yeah. As younger version with de aging. <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely. It was it was uncanny, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought he and uh, Pesci is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I think. I think this is everybody's best performance they've ever done. I think this is Ooh. De Niro's best performance ever. Wow. And Ray Romano's. It's definitely Pesci's. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, and obviously Ray Romano isn't known for being a movie star, let alone a drama star, but he's done some other dramas before and he's really good in them. Yeah. Or he's, mm. at, he's at least serviceable. You know, he plays a really good supporting character. Um, I think this is this might be Al Pacino's best performance too. Um, uh, it's one of his best in a while, his, anyway. Yeah, you know, it's up there with um, Devil's Advocate for me as like I'm, Devil's Advocate. <laughs> I'm a I'm a super sucker for uh, Godfather Part Two. I think that's his. Mm-hmm. He's so good in that. But yeah, everybody's on their A game for sure. Um, you know, there's the criticisms about uh anna paquin's le- lack of dialogue and i think some of those are fair criticism mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know scorsese want the movie to be longer <laughs> so <laughs> we're going with this like it's well, scorsese's continued uh kind of lack of interesting or strong female characters you know it's kind of plagued him his whole career yeah it's not good at them <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'd rather he just not touch female characters. <laughs> well, just keep but, it the keep it in your lane because I don't know if I would like what he would do with a female character if he was given more opportunity. <laughs> well, Fair. he he his female characters are always there to enhance the male character for good yeah. or bad as far as their characteristics of how they treat mm. people. And exactly. that's just how it is in every film. Yeah. And I think that's because this is the era that he grew up in. This is what he knows how women were treated in society. And then that comes across in how he chooses to present his stories, which a lot of his stories revolve around that time frame of him growing up. And of course in New York. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. just kind of how it is. And I mean, love it or hate it. There's a lot of really good performances from people that, like Jesse Plemons is really good in this, but you know mm. his his dialogue isn't a mass, you know. But Jesse Plemons is a fantastic actor. Oh, he's I so good to see more from him. Yeah, he's got so much range. I mean, from that recent uh, uh, Power Ted of the Dog, film, Power of the Dog, and then he's hilarious in Game Night. <laughs> His well, performance in that film is so well, funny. And I mean, one of Zach's favorite horror movies, and I'm thinking of ending things. He's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, no, he's he's a really good talent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, you know, we always talk about Friday Night Lights and all the actors that have came from that show. Yeah. So Yeah. I think Scorsese does a great job of telling the masculine story that's what these are they're always male-centric and that's fine there's Mm. there's nothing wrong with masculine stories especially if it's coming from a director who is a man i do what i don't want to see is men attempt to try to tell a female perspective Mm -hmm. and get it so wrong 
to where it's like, why did you yeah. bother? We know that that's not your criteria. Like that's not your that's not your wheelhouse. Right. Gotcha. You're taking up the space for another a female director. Yeah, leave it alone. Like I don't expect a good female story from Scorsese. That doesn't mean I hate his films. I love his films. Um, it's not who I go to for that, <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's yeah. why I love you know, um, what's it called? It was nominated this year, Marriage Story, which I know you haven't seen it yet. But what's his last Noah? What's his last name? Starts with a B. Yeah, Baumbach. whatever, whatever his Baumbach. name is. Whenever he's working on a film, he always brings in Greta. And Greta played a huge part in shaping marriage story from a female perspective. So you get that authenticity whenever they're arguing of how a female would act, respond, and say two Mm -hmm. things. And then you got the male perspective on and how Adam Driver responds to all these things. So when you can form a partnership like that, it really works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it's a good that's a good comparison because when you I haven't seen Marriage Story, but I know the story. Right. Um, I know what it's telling, and it's telling this marriage <laughs> story. It's a story of a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Go telling figure. it from both people's perspectives. Right. right? Mm-hmm. At no point does Scorsese ever tell a story from many characters' perspectives. Right. They're typically from the point of view of the main character, that's that's really his storytelling. Um, yeah. So you're not going to get... You, he doesn't need the female perspective, to be honest, in a right. lot of these films. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of the few... His style of film is one of the few that probably get away with that the most. And that's because of that. Because what what do these men... No offense to them. They're great, great stories. What do they know about the female perspective in their lives? in these stories like they don't in fact i feel like that's kind of the point is robert de niro's character doesn't know a damn thing about his daughter and that goes all the way to the (laughs) ending where it's like you know i ain't been a good father but like yeah no shit this story is a reflective of his life what he is regretting in these last days and a desperate attempt to try to tell people what impact he did have on his life because now he's feeling like it was none Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. That's why it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> now, <laughs> looking at some notes here, you know, there's all the, the mystery about Jimmy Hoffa and, you know, what happened. And like you mentioned, you know, that's There's where some of the controversy. Like <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. But, um, you know, with the mystery of it, and like you said, Trav, you know, whether he's bullshitting or if some of this stuff really happened, he's been dead for almost two decades now, so we can't put him on a lie detector test, I guess. But um, just that scene, too, when he, when he finally has to paint the house with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, it's one of my favorite. The interaction when they get in the car and they do the awkward yeah. sit-down hug, uh-huh. and you could just see his demeanor is very uncomfortable and he has to do something he doesn't want to do. Right. For the first time in his life, he has to murder somebody. He actually doesn't want to murder. Right. That he has feelings for. Um, Was yeah. there a Zolly in that scene? I, I got, I can't even remember that scene now. I didn't get to that one today. Who? On the rewatch. Um, was there a Zolly? Did they do like a slow zoom where the background kind of sunk in? Because oh. that's kind of a Scorsese thing. <laughs> 
in moments um, like that. Not that I recall. I'm gonna have to finish watching it after this. I think there was a, a. I can spot it. I think there was a little bit, you know, like with a little bit of the blurred background, just kind of focused on mm, Nero's okay. face as he was driving. But they do it for Pacino too, I think. And um, just when they're in the house, though, and it's, it's a heartbreaking kind of moment. It's and it looks so realistic we talk about how realistic scorsese's violence is too and it's never never glamorous yeah it's it's not marvel you know it's not um stylized real i mean action movies or anything like that these ridiculous fights that would never happen it's always this is like how stuff would really go down in real life that's what i've always appreciated about scorsese is it's real gutter Mm -hmm. and you don't get a lot of it no, he he does a good job of making sure that whatever violence is included, it's to accentuate the story. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a plot device. It's not necessarily just there. Hundred <laughs> percent sake. Yeah, <laughs> he's a he is a grounded director. Uh, everything is grounded. Everything from performances to shots. Everything feels eye level when you're in a room with these actors. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're way above them, below them, in weird angles. Everything is very grounded. One of my favorite scenes in this film is when he meets uh, Joe Pes- Pesky's character at the truck. Mm-hmm. The way that they filmed that scene is so... It, it feels so realistic to how guys meet. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. yeah. The way they kind of pitter-patter with each other. <laughs> like, no, and absolutely. the way that they filmed it was so... It just reminded... Again, it reminds you of your family members, these, like, older dudes from another time. Mm-hmm. And the way that they chat with each other, and he's like, oh, you got something wrong with your truck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I can drive the thing. But, you know, the dad jokes and stuff. Yeah, the dad jokes, <laughs> like, <yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> and the way that the camera is just douche, douche. Like, Dude, from one shot to douche? another... Uh, (laughs) sorry i forget that we're not actually visual here everybody i'm putting my hands up pointing one way and then the other (laughs) and saying douche Douche. Uh, but the way it goes from it cuts from one face to the other it's very simple Uh film like style there's nothing really crazy about that and at one point it's a slightly wider shot but again eye level with these actors it feels like we're just there. <laughs> it doesn't feel odd. It doesn't put us... His his most common technique is the Zolly to make you feel something in a scene that's outside of normal just cuts and edits. Um, and that speaks, again, to making it feel very real. So when well the said. violence hits, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. It's also crazy to think this was his last film. You know, and we're not getting Killers of the Flower Moon until next year. So, oh, you know, essentially, that's a four or five year gap in between movies. Mm. Yeah. Last uh, narrative film, anyway. He's got. Yeah, last narrative film. Ugh. That's kind of how yeah. it goes in the, in the Scorsese world. Mm-hmm. So I really don't have anything else to say until we bring up our rankings. Okay. And then I just got one comment. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll just uh, say I enjoy, you know, the politics of it. And I really, for me, it was best to watch it in parts just for, you know, focusing on the content and the conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a long movie at all, but it's it's harder for me these days. I sound like an old man. Harder for me to start a movie late at night that I can't watch around the kids or something 
you know, because of content or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's great. Great. Two thumbs up. Good job, Sarkozy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, unless anybody else has any specific notes, I guess we'll get into our, do we say worsty judgments on yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, we do say worsty judgments. <laughs> <laughs> Justine, um, not that you've ranked every Scorsese film, but where would this rank among the Scorsese films you've seen? I would put it in the top 10, to be honest, because I feel like I could watch this film and I wouldn't have to watch some of these other ones because it would it would give me what those gave me. Um, so I don't know if that's saying good about this film or bad, <laughs> but... Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Again, I felt very much like I was watching family on screen. Uh-huh. Um, I have some Italian family and they're very similar. People. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah. So maybe top 10, not top five. Okay. Good. Mid Scorsese. <laughs> very nice. How about you, Trav? Um, for me, I gave it four and a half stars. I really docked it half a star because of that runtime um mm. three and a half hours man it's it's just long when you're an adult with life and bills yeah. and kids <laughs> and responsibilities and for guys like scorsese they can lock themselves in their theater you know what i mean and do whatever they gotta do they can dedicate three and a half hours to a yeah. film most most of america can't and it was just it, you really could have got away with taking out some of these scenes and getting it down to three hours, just a little under three, if, in mm. my opinion. Or, like you said, Zach, one thing they, I really like that they did about the uh, Snyder Cut for Justice League was they broke it up into those parts. So once that part was over, you can just pause the movie, dude, and come back tomorrow. And there, yeah. was, there were spots in this movie that would have been a perfect... Um, what do they call it back in the day when they split the intermission intermissions, you know, mm-hmm. go get your popcorns and use the bathroom and come back. Yeah. So yeah, there were spots for that in here and I really wish they would have put that in there and they didn't. So it lost half a star for me. So I gave it four and a half stars. I got it sitting right above the aviator. Okay. Mm, I love okay. the aviator, but that one's above it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I love see I love the aviator, but I just can't get over Pesci's performance and Irishman. But I have it sitting right under the Age of Innocence because I just cannot shake that movie. It yeah. is so sexy and so romantic and so beautiful. Yeah. And I just love that movie. So nice. Yeah. I gotta sit on my fourteenth spot. Four and a half. Fourteen. Stars. Okay. Cool. Mr. McCoy? So, yeah, I think it's it's interesting, you know, it's another thing that's memed about on social media is, hey, you want to watch this four-hour movie? Oh, my God, no. Hey, you want to watch four episodes of this <laughs> yeah, hour-long yeah. each? Yeah, let's binge it. Yeah. Um, but true. I think those those breaks give you that moment, that uh, a break from the immersion where, you, like you said, you can get a snack. Or if you're watching a movie, sometimes you, you feel like, oh, I can't. 
don't and know. also too, what makes you feel better? Hey, I watched one movie or hey, we binged four episodes. You know what I mean? Four episodes feels more of an accomplishment than one movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes you yeah. feel well, there's better. typically cliffhangers where you just gotta know. Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, that's, that's true what too. Sucks you in. And <laughs> yeah. if, if you were to break up a film like this, you're gonna find good spots to stop at. Yeah. If you're breaking up a show, you're trying to find bad spots to stop at. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like the complete opposite. Like, y- you want them to come back for more. But I totally get your uh, your complaint there. But since I watched it like a mini series, I I <laughs> my um experience is a little different, and I was a total sucker for it. And I gave it five stars, and I have it at my number seven, uh, right behind Casino, because I I got to give Casino the edge. What's it in front of? Uh, the George Harrison, <laughs> you know, cause I'm a sucker right. for that, yeah. but I've got, still got Goodfellas at number one, Taxi Driver, The Departed, Raging Bull, Hugo, Casino, and then The Irishman. Which is so good. crazy. Cause for me, it's Hugo, Shutter Island, Departed, Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, you know, for that, for yeah. that top five. So mine is Shutter Island. Yeah. Uh, so good. Shutter Island, The Departed. Taxi Driver, Wolf of Wall Street, Silence, Cape Fear, Gangs of New York, and then maybe we would have the Irishman. Wait a minute. Did I rank Wolf of Wall Street? Where the heck is it? I definitely believe you did because you gave it a ranking when... I know. ranked it when I talked about it, but I might not have it on the list here. Oh. Because Wolf of Wall Street was a... <laughs> a wonky star. one. Um, I really like the Aviator, too. Yeah. I want to say this is somewhere around seven or eight. <laughs> But I haven't ranked him like you guys. I'm just looking at all of his movies and like trying in my head to organize them. <laughs> what I love about yeah. Shutter Island is, and I know I don't want to harp on it too much, obviously, because we already did a full episode on it. But just for Justine's purposes, is they never shy away from trying to trick you. Like there's, yeah. they're not trying to trick you. It's out in the open for you to know the whole time. Yeah. And. I've got a very big appreciation for that because if they're trying to trick you and then you figured it out from the get go, it takes the steam out of it versus, Hey, this is what we're presenting. Now here's the story. And I think Scorsese should do way more horror movies. And I I said that on, I said that on that episode. He needs so good at that ground. He's so good at it. And Shutter Island was terrifying at points. Yeah, Shutter like, Island and Cape Fear is pretty much the only thing he's done. Well, and I, and I count Taxi Drivers as horror, too. Uh, might not. I can see some that. horrifying moments for sure. <laughs> yeah, And the silence, I would also probably ca- count as horror. And mm. it's that's a good movie. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, anytime you got, you know, the god Andrew Garfield and there, I'm I'm hooked in. <laughs> and Adam Driver. And Adam Driver. <laughs> and Liam Neeson. <laughs> I, know. I just think Andrew Garfield. I don't think there's an actor out there that can tell a story with their eyes and their emotes like Andrew Garfield. Is I he mean, your favorite Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Not my favorite Spider-Man movie. That's still Spider-Man too. But I I probably agree with you actually uh but i yeah. i say that tom hart or tom holland is my favorite spider-man because i like those movies more i feel like but uh, i really liked andrew garfield he's so yeah. cool <laughs> i i think andrew garfield really gave the best performance in no way home 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like he, he was. I think it's yeah. the only Marvel movie I've ever cried in. Hmm. Because Andrew Garfield was just so good. And again, if anybody hasn't seen Under the Banner of Heaven on Hulu, get on it. Because Andrew Garfield is so good. And so is Daisy Jones. Daisy Jones is incredible in it. Yeah, flip them papers. (laughs) Is is Scorsese a film bro director? Because... A film bro, like if if you're a film bro, you have them on your list. I feel like if you're a film bro, you might have five of these movies on your list. Probably, yeah. Uh, Look, Wolf of Wall Street, Taxi Driver, The Departed are all film bro. I was going to say, I know Paul. (laughs) Paul was talking shit about um, Joker director. What's his name? Todd Todd Phillips. Phillips. But there's this channel that does like a round table and there's a bunch of directors it's got greta noah um todd phillips it's from 2019 and the way todd phillips looks at martin scorsese is the same way zach looks at his wife like this man (laughs) is all in on scorsese (laughs) so hilarious which scorsese was supposed to produce joker and schedulings just did not line up Mm-hmm. But I wonder if I would have liked it more if Scorsese directed it. Probably well, not. Well, because you know Todd Phillips would have just said, yes, master. Yes, master. Is that what you think's best, master? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, I have I have so many things to say about The Joker because it's one of those movies that I heard so much about. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good movie. But like, let's not worship the ground it walks on. I saw yeah. it in theaters <laughs> and I came out of the theaters going, holy fuck. That movie was absolutely incredible. But as the years have gone on, and I've seen it two, three, four more times, I've soured on it. Not that I dislike it anywhere to the lengths that Paul does. Yeah. But I'm not as high on it as I was when I walked out of the theater initially. I agree with that. I yeah. don't hate it. I just, I don't like what that movie has done to right. people. Like, I'm like, whoa, this is... Well, I think it's better than when Suicide Squad came out and couples were being Harley Quinn and Joker. Like it's supposed to be this cute, sexy uh, couple goals Harley thing. Quinn stuff. That's Margot Robbie's fault because she's so dang hot. But... Yeah. <laughs> like, God, especially in Wolf of Wall Street. Good <laughs> God. Yeah, another great female character. From <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. If it wasn't Margot Robbie, that character would have just been... Absolutely. It's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's yeah. it for me. Cool. <laughs> Looking okay, at my notes. Wait, before we go, what yeah. is what is your what is one of your favorite mafia films? And what is one that perhaps not a lot of people know about that's a guilty pleasure? Hmm. I don't know about one that nobody doesn't really know about, but it's it's gonna be so cliche, but it's Godfather just like <laughs> how do you top Godfather? Mm. Like yeah. it's just it's so good. Now a sleeper one that we've done on here is Mean Streets, and I had mm. never seen Mean Streets until we did the podcast, and I think that's a sleeper movie that doesn't get the respect it deserves i thought mean and robert de niro dances on a pool table yeah you know (laughs) that's incredible to watch so yeah Hmm. 
Okay. You know, I know Paul hates Scarface. I love Scarface. I I like um the other one more. Um Carlito's way. Mm-hmm. A little bit more than Scarface. Yeah, I'm I'm unfortunately a little cliche too, you know, Godfella, uh, Goodfellas, Godfather. Um Goodfellas. Do you count the departed? I oh, I yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, Irish mafia, I guess. Yeah. Um uh, Heat. Oh, that Michael Mann. Heat is yeah. great. He is so good. I really like Heat. I yeah. I like the filmography, obviously, in Heat. <laughs> um, I think Michael I think Mann just put out a new one on Amazon, too. I really too. like The Departed. I feel like The Departed really caught me off guard. I didn't expect that cool of a story. Oh, I didn't yeah. catch me off guard because I'm such um, a Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Boston, you know, yeah. boy. That as soon as I saw the the cast listing for The Departed, and I what did I say Departed was for me three yeah right underneath yeah. Shutter Island, mm. so I put it above Goodfellas. That's that's it's yeah. two on my list. Yeah, it's two on my list. I really like The Departed. I, what I mean by that is like I expected a great film. I did not expect that story. The, oh, that story yeah. was on the level of Shutter Island for me, and like whoa i this this is not a story i've heard before it blew me away a bit like mm-hmm. the way it was told too with so much this actually is probably one of the few films that scorsese doesn't have a single pov this is multiple stories these are multiple people that we're following uh, yeah, yeah. yeah and character. i guess that's you know because it's, it's adapted from infernal affairs so he's he didn't write it so or oh yeah that's a good yeah, point it's, it's fantastic um, and also also, too, I th- I want to say The Depart is one of the few films where when that elevator door opened and he fucking shot Leo, um, <laughs> Lou, I just didn't, never in no. a million years would I have guessed that that was coming. No, nope. Exactly. Never. That's what I'm talking about. I, I didn't, did not expect everybody died. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked about it on when we covered The Departed that I've, that traumatized me i work in a building with the elevator and i look at the elevator i'm like i take the stairs most of the time because i the opening of an elevator is still like obviously somebody gonna shoot me i i wonder every time the doors open like i I sort of stand to the side or something especially from a character that's a throwaway character you know like a meaningless character yeah. Until he's not to do it, Until you know what I mean? Not. Just oh, such a good choice, such a good yeah. choice. I'm looking at a list so, of films here. Uh, remember when I was like, we usually keep this like 25 30 minutes. On. <laughs> I know, I'm really bad about that. You guys just gotta reel me in. Knock around, guys, is my guilty pleasure mafia Knock movie, around, uh-huh. <laughs> and it has Vin Diesel in it. Uh, it's literally like if you were to follow all of the sons of a mafia movie like if you think of a mafia movie and like the sons that are just kind of insignificant like right worthless they're obviously no good sons to these mm. like big mafias the bosses that's knock around guys you're following okay. their story and it is so funny <laughs> like i don't know cool. why it's just a good movie and vin diesel is a beast in it <laughs> like, oh nice i love me so cool he's he's like tom hardy's bane in like a mafia like movie okay. that is more of a 
I don't know. I feel like I, I watched it when I was really young and I was like, this is the best mafia movie ever. I'm definitely going <laughs> to check it out. I love it's Vin Diesel. I love fun. Vin Diesel and I love what Vin Diesel does. Is he an Oscar actor? Fuck no. Of course not. But I feel like <laughs> Vin Diesel knows what he is. <laughs> Vin Diesel knows what he is and he does that very well and I enjoy it. I've got a, a trio of, um, they're not unknown, but I don't think as many people talk about them unless they are like kind of film geeks. Um, go back to On the Waterfront with Marlon Brando, I think is mm. absolutely incredible. Road to Perdition with Tom Oh, Hanks. yeah, Road to Perdition, so good. And uh, yeah. Miller Miller's Crossing from the Coen Brothers. Those are three that I just don't really, really see. Yeah, in that's one of the Coen Brother film. movies I haven't seen. Yeah, it's so. really good. I'm having a hard well, time. Not Brown Guys has Seth Green in it, so. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if that is any indication of whether it stands so we got seth green movies. and vin diesel so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i i want to say his dad is one of their dads is dennis hopper and one of their dads is john malkovich Dude, oh i'm sold uh, so yeah it's it's got some great actors in it yeah I mean, they can oh, they can knock he plays me like around. handball a lot in it too uh john malkovich he plays a lot of handball and he <laughs> takes his glove off when he plays handball sometimes to show how badass he is nice <laughs> I love a good handball tournament. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and this is pretty old, two thousand one. So yeah, oh, it's very two thousand one. Awesome. All right. Well, again, thanks for having me on, you guys. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not thank known you. for mafia movies. I'm known for horror. So. Well, you now. you uh, displayed plenty of mafia knowledge, and thank you. so. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have any um, anything that you would like to uh, plug? Yeah. So speaking of being known for not mafia movies, <laughs> I am one third of a horror podcast called Let Us In Podcasts. We are anywhere that podcasts are heard, but also on YouTube and video form. And we stream live on Twitch when we film kind of behind the scenes, which is fun. Uh, play games sometimes with our patrons. And I am also on TikTok as Just Enough. J-U-S-T-I-N-E-U-F-F. Very nice. All right. All right. Trav, hey. where can people follow you? Yeah, I'm on the uh, Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-E-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. I watched nothing this week because your boy just got back from Maine camping, and I watched The Irishman, and <laughs> that was it. There you go. I'm also on Letterboxd. I never, I never remember to tell people that. Uh, beware! I troll a lot of my friends in my reviews. So. Okay. What are you at? Just enough on uh, yeah, Letterboxd. Yeah, just enough well? on Letterboxd as well. Okay. <laughs> you might see me say something like, "It's better than The Shining." <laughs> yeah. <There you> go. <laughs> That's a troll. <laughs> Sweet. Well, you can find me on uh, Critiker. At Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, because I was 19 and thought that was cool. Um, <laughs> TikTok at House Havoc or Letterboxd by searching my name. And now I'll ask myself, what are we watching next week? We're watching Rolling Thunder Review, which is a Bob Dylan documentary. Trav's favorite. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and Can't you hear how excited I am? Thrilled. Yeah. Uh, and that's on Netflix. And that's that, that's it. That's where you can find it. So we would like to thank Trav for producing our show. 
from our sister podcast, Leveling Up from Benjamin, uh, with, <laughs> with Benjamin Banks. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarWorstyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at The OscarWorstyPodcast. Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Ooh, the algorithm. The algorithm. Painting house. So, for Justine, Trav, and myself, I'd like to wish you all a damn fine day.